great day. You're listening to the podcast, She Who Believes, and I am your host, Vivian Bell, and I am indeed She Who Believes. Now here at She Who Believes, we believe in the word of God. We believe that it is as powerful today as the first day God ever spoke. We believe it so much that we declare the word of God over our lives daily with an expectation for it to manifest in our lives. Our scripture, the one that we declare together each and every week is Luke 145. Today, I'm gonna read it from the New International Version. And we ask that you join us as we replace the word she with our very own names. You see, that's how much we believe the word of God that we make it personal. Now you can read this version, this, this verse from any version of the Bible that you choose. I've just chosen the new international version today. And so, well, here we go. It reads as follows. Blessed is Vivian who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Oh yes, we believe that God will fulfill every last promise that he has made to us. Those that are written in the word, and those that he speaks to our spirit. We choose to have faith and believe him. We believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So together we seek him each and every week. We ask him to be present with us here during this time, but also through every minute of our lives. We believe that he is, we believe his word is for us. And well, we're gonna continue to do so. We thank you for joining us. And today, the title of this podcast is, It Is Not What You Feel. You see, since the beginning of time, our feelings has been one of the things that the enemy has used against mankind. Feelings can make you respond to something that is not even real. One false imagination can send your emotions into a whirlwind. You don't think so? Well, let me ask you, how many times have you responded to a situation based on your feelings? Before you know it, you found yourself angry and frustrated about a situation that hasn't even happened yet or taken place. It was a thought in your mind, something that just took you down a rabbit hole of emotions and feelings and before you know it you may be responding to someone who walks up to you who has no clue of what just took place in your mind before they arrived and now you're responding to them in a way that's less than kind all because you're in your feelings today I want to talk to you about your feelings and taking the weight off of them You see, a few years ago, God taught me that my feelings do not count. He didn't tell me that my feelings don't matter because our feelings do matter to God. They matter so much that he he understands them. He manifested himself in flesh and came to earth and walked this earth and doing the very same things that we do. So he is not without an understanding of our feelings. That's why he can say, that our feelings don't count or they should not count. Why should our feelings not count? Because they can be manipulated. My dear friend Eve knows that all too well. Oh yes, we're going to talk about Eve today, but not in a depressing, girl, you messed us up bad, gave us pain and childbirth, kind of talk about Eve. Oh no, it is my hope, my prayer that after today, that you will see Eve in a whole new light. Before we get into Genesis, I'd like for you to listen to this message from our sponsor and we'll be right back. start your year off on a clean slate? Well, let our sparkly clean services team take cleaning off your plate. 
Give us a call today at 727-678-6478 or visit our website at sparklycleanservices.com. If you can get it dirty, we'll get it sparkly clean. Welcome back. You're listening to the podcast, She Who Believes, and I'm your host, Vivian Bell, and I am indeed She Who Believes. Now, today we're discussing our feelings and how much they don't count. Remember, we're not saying that they don't matter. We're again saying that they do not count. What I mean by that is that they should not have any weight on them. As we cannot allow our feelings to have weight only because when we do, our feelings can get us off course, get things out of balance and defeat the purpose for which we were sent into a situation. Feelings are one of the greatest tools the enemy has played with for generations. Our feelings, even though they may not be real or the thing that we are responding to isn't real, our feelings themselves are real or at least they feel as though they are real in the midst of a situation where there is no truth at all. As we talked about before the break, sometimes we can get our, get ourselves into a place where we allow imaginations, thoughts of a situation going this way and how it may end to affect how we feel. When in fact, it, the situation hasn't even played out yet. But in our minds, we've decided, hey, this is what can possibly happen. And we react based on that. Let me see if I can break this down for you a little bit better. So I told you before that we're going to talk about Eve today, but I'm not going to tear Eve down. I'm actually going to share some things with you that we often miss in Genesis. I think sometimes we give Eve a really bad rap. Now, I know some of you may think that Eve was just plain out dumb or stupid because she appeared to be weak. But the truth is, Eve's feelings were manipulated. Now, some of you may be still thinking, well, that's her fault. But let me ask you this. How many times have you looked back at something you did and thought, man, that was really dumb. I even knew better. Yeah, I know. We don't really like to talk about ourselves. But if we really take a look at it, we're no different than Eve. You see, the reality is this. The enemy went after Eve because she was, well, she was it. She was the key to everything. She was the thing that completed creation. The final thing. Now, I'm not saying that arrogantly because I'm a woman and I think highly of myself. (laughs) Both of those things are true. But I speak these words only because they are truth. As we go into Genesis and we read chapters 1, it talks to us about all the things that God created and how he created man in his image, both male and female. But when we go into chapter 2, it again talks about creation and it breaks it down a little bit. I want to encourage you to open your eyes to what is between the lines. Now, what I mean by this is that just because we read a sentence and we read it sentence after sentence, doesn't mean that there wasn't time and space between what happened in those sentences and paragraphs. The Bible was rewritten, or should I say it was in, in, it's an inspired word that was written so that we would know history and we could have things to reference about God, his power, and the different things that Christ did on the earth when he walked it. I want you to also consider that it was after God created woman that we can look in the Bible where, and it says that he looked at his work and said that it was very good. Now I want to share, tell you that this is in no way, um, a conversation to demean men or their standing in our lives because men serve a great purpose. And I pray also that after this, that we will respect that even more as well. But I want you to consider this, consider this. Consider you were Satan 
stay with me, okay? Just consider that you have been cast down from heaven. Then you watch the God that created you reach down past you, grab some dirt, and create humanity. He takes this dirt, he breathes his living soul into it, he gives it the breath of life. Then he comes and gives man, us, humanity, dominion over you. Oh yeah, you better believe the enemy was ticked off. Truth is, he still is today. So there he was watching and continuing to watch as God created and created and created. Then he watched God step back and take a look around. And after all the animals that he was, he had made, he allowed man to name them. And after that, God said, there is no suitable mate for man. So God put man into a deep sleep and from it, he formed woman. Then the man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. I shall call her woman because she came from me. Then some rules were established for man. God said at that point that man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and that they should become one flesh. Now, I'm sure the enemy saw how God gave man the responsibility to care for this woman. And perhaps the enemy said to himself, who is this woman? Who is she that God would put her on this earth and give her as a gift to man? How is it that he is providing her? How is man providing for her, caring for her, covering her? He was covering her spiritually and in so many other ways. And perhaps the enemy said to himself, ah, she's the key to it all. So he did what he has been doing for many years. He began to play with her feelings. Do you know what that's like to have your feelings played with? Now, I bet if you stop for a moment and take a look, you'd see that he's been manipulating you against your husband, family members, and maybe even your co-workers or church family. Think about it. Well, if we, as we go on to Genesis chapter 3 in the English Standard Version, there are some lessons in this chapter that I think every woman needs to keep in mind. The first thing is, know who you are. I don't believe that Eve actually realized who she was or that she was the key to it all. I believe she had no idea of this. She had no idea of her value and the value that she held in the eyes of God or her husband. When we know that we are the key, we protect ourselves from certain elements. For example, We won't allow other wives who are angry or bitter or women who don't honor their husbands or behave unseemingly as single women to have counsel in our lives. We don't allow them to speak over our lives. Sometimes we are like Eve and we don't recognize our value because when we do, we begin to Guard our ear gates. I encourage you today to guard your ear gates. It's not about looking at a person and judging them. It is about looking at their purpose. What the words are that they're speaking into your life. Looking at their heart. Again, not judging. But if your goal is to be the woman of God that God has called you to be. You have to make sure that you are allowing there to be sound counsel. You've got to guard your ear gates. You see in the beginning of chapter three, the very first verse says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the fields that the Lord God had made. His heart was deceptive. We have to have keen discernment as women of God 
and ensure that those that are around us in our circle, or as some say now our tribe or our squad, that they have the same goal and the same purpose for their lives as women of God. The very next thing I learned in chapter three is that you have to know your surroundings. When you perceive what you have is good, you don't allow just anyone to have access to it. You see, if Eve had recognized like God that everything in the garden was good, she would have discerned that the serpent was out of place and spent no time in casting him out, out of her sight and getting far away from him. If she had perceived that where she was, was good, had a true understanding of it, she would have protected it. You see, she had the power to do the very thing that I'm saying she should have. You see, she had this power because she, like us, was made in the image of God. So if God had the power to cast him out of heaven, surely Eve could cast him out of the garden. And surely we can cast him out of our homes, our workplaces, and away from the people of God. Be careful who you talk to. You may not be able to stop a person from telling you what they choose, but you sure get to choose whether or not you stay and listen and ultimately allow yourself to be exposed to lies and the life that they have chosen for themselves. You see, much like the serpent, there are people just waiting to get the opportunity to speak into your life, but they won't be speaking good things. You can't allow them to do so because they like Satan are deceivers. They'll speak one word to you, just one, and it will have your mind spinning in confusion. But remember always that our God is not the author of confusion. No matter who it is, if God has given you a word, don't you ever let anyone else's word have more weight in your life than God's. Sometimes you will find that it will be the very person that God may have sent in the past with a word of confirmation to the promise that he has made to you. That individual may allow jealousy or malice to get into their heart after he has sent them to send a word or to confirm his word. I like to believe that most people have good intentions in their flesh. They want to spare us pain or they may perceive that what we're going through is such a hardship that they begin to tell us to give up because they are afraid that we might fail or perhaps they are speaking from their past experiences and they may have fear about going on. But no matter what a person's intentions are, whether their heart's intentions are good or bad, you must never, ever, ever, ever allow anyone else's words to have more weight on them than God's. Don't allow the feelings that come up when someone else gives you advice or perhaps you will even experience your own fears to cause you to quit or to stop believing God. God's word is always true and he will always. And God will always keep his promises. For God always keeps his word. I want you to remember that our feelings can be deceptive at best. And the enemy knew this all too well. He knew that all he had to do was to get Eve to feel, to perceive that she was lacking something. All he had to do was convince her that God was holding back on her or to at least make her feel that way. Feel as though she wasn't receiving the fullness of God. None of this was true. And Eve could even see this with her very own eyes. Her and Adam had dominion over everything in the garden. 
It was full of every good thing that they would ever need. There was no death. There was no shame. All was well. The only thing that believed, that changed in that moment were Eve's feelings. Her feelings made her perceive a lie to be truth. She began to feel inadequate and to see her position as one that was less than. Does that sound familiar? Eve began to wonder, well, what if this or what if that? What if I'm missing out? Let me just conform to this. Let me just take a chance and touch this thing that God told me not to because I might just be missing out. Eve never stopped for one moment to consider that God created her, that he had given her everything she needed, that he had given her a husband to cover her, a husband to work for her and to provide for her. She had not considered her position where she was. The only thing that mattered at that moment were her feelings that had been manipulated by a lie. She never stopped to think, why would my creator, the God who's been so good to me, hold out on me? Well, I'm here to tell you today that not only was Eve not lacking anything, but neither are you. You see, our God is a provider. He's our way maker. He's the giver of grace and the bestower of favor. He is our healer and our deliverer. He has promised to withhold no good thing from us. He has made us so very many promises. And I pray that today you will believe his word over your very own feelings. For you have everything you need because God is our father. And should you have the perception that you are lacking anything, ask him. Ask him because again, he delights in blessing us. He has promised to provide everything we need based on his riches and glory. And since he is the owner of it all, we have no worries about him fulfilling his promises or keeping his word. Before we go today, I want to encourage you to join the She Who Believes community in our online study. This study is entitled, When I Fell in Love with Her. It's an online course that I really wish that every woman could take part in because I know that you won't be the same afterwards. Not because I'm the course instructor, but because we're simply talking about the word of God, who he, who he is, who he's created us to be as his daughters, and we're believing every word of it. I know that if you enroll in this study, your eyes will indeed be opened to just who you are and how our Heavenly Father has always viewed you. You can enroll now online through my site, VivianBell.com. Choose the More button at the top right. Then choose SWB Courses and register today. Remember to always celebrate you because you are the daughter of the Most High God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in His image. So you too can speak life to things. You also have the power to cast out things, to remove them from your life, to speak life over a thing that seems to be anything opposite of what God has said and watch the word of God work in that situation. Remember to always walk by faith and not by sight and to continue to believe the word of God because he will indeed fulfill every promise that he has made to you, both the written ones in his word and the ones he's spoken to your spirit. Until next time, I want you to remember that you are indeed loved, that you are prayed for daily and that you are she who believes. Thank you.
your car the eyesore in the parking lot? Do you park your car in the garage so no one knows that you live there? Or is the water in your pool green? If any of these things are you, don't worry. Our team will get you sparkly clean. Give us a call for your mobile detailing, pressure washing, and full service pool care needs at 727-678-6478. And we'll make your life sparkly clean. Great day. You're listening to the podcast, She Who Believes, and this is your host, Vivian Bell. And um, I'm really excited to be with you guys this week. I have a really great message. Um, It actually ties in with um, one of the courses that um, I have online in my online school. But before we jump into that, let's go ahead and get our declaration done. Again, when you're reading this, I want you to declare it believing because I am believing for myself, but also for you and really, really praying that we will, as people of God, daughters of God, will truly begin to take God at his word. So for those of you who this is your first time listening to She Who Believes the Podcast, welcome. Um, the declaration we're speaking in reference to is Luke one forty five. I believe the word of God and so do the she's that follow she who believes. We believe it so much that we include our name in the scriptures. We believe that God meant for us to take the word of God literally to believe him, to trust him, to apply it to our lives, to declare it over our lives and to see the words that we speak manifest. We are made in the image of God. We are a reflection of him. And he spoke the sun into existence, the earth. And here it is, maybe even billions of years later, still standing, still revolving around the sun, still doing all of the things that he set for it to do. So if we, as his children, and it's true because he gave us his word, can do greater than what he did while he was here on earth. And he stated that we are made in his image. Then let's speak his word, believing it expecting it to manifest God didn't speak his word and say hey let there be light and expect and he didn't expect the molecules to come together and create the sun oh everything is obedient to the word of God so let's require everything in our lives to be obedient to the word of God so here we are this week I'm reading it and I'm reading Luke 1 from the New King James Version and again you can read this from any version you choose um, I don't have a preference over a certain version. I have four or five different Bibles, maybe even more truth be told. I usually read from the English Standard Version, but today I'm going to read from the New King James. And so it reads as follows. Blessed is she who believed. Excuse me, let's start over. Blessed is she who believes, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Well, Again, if you've been following us at any time, you know we're going to put our name in in the place where the word she is. Again, because we believe that the word of God is for us. So for me, it reads as follows. Blessed is Vivian who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the Lord. Now, many people believe that we can only go by the written word of God, but God's word is active. It's living. It's sharper than any two edged sword. And for those of us who have chose to cultivate a relationship with God, he still speaks to us. Now, some people hear him audibly. Um, most hear him and as a still small voice in their spirit, but God still speaks to us. And so I just believe that this word his written word and the words that he has spoken to me, the promises that he's made to me, that they're going to come to pass exactly the way that he said that they would. And I believe him for that. Well, before we go any further into the podcast, we have a message from our, our sponsor, Sparkly Clean Services. Take a listen and we'll be right back with you. Well, we're back and you're listening to the podcast, She Who Believes. I'm your host, Vivian Bell, and I am indeed She Who Believes. Tonight's podcast is entitled, You're It. Yep, you, you're it. So this is actually an extension of an online course that I offer in my online school. The course is entitled, When I Fell in Love with Her. You can find the link to this course on my website at vivianbell.com 
if you click on the word more at the top right corner and then choose SWB courses, it will take you directly to that website and you can log into this uh, course. The course is a monthly course and we are just talking about falling in love with us as women, the importance of us as women, how God values us, how we are the only portal through which life enters this realm, how God has entrusted us with seed and given us the responsibility to birth it and not just physically. So I'm going to try to summarize um, a portion, at least the first month of the course in this particular podcast. Um, Initially, usually I don't do that. I just keep my courses separate from the podcast. But as I continue to pray and just ask God and I always pray and say, God, what do you want me to say to your people, whether I'm podcasting or blogging or just ministering to someone? I will never, ever do this without God's direction. Hence my clothing line by his direction. Um, Anyway, I won't get into that story uh, about how that came about. Well, maybe I will. So sidetrack a little bit. So by his direction, apparel is um, inspired everyday wear um, is our slogan. But honestly, um, that came about because at one point in my life, I had this really good friend and um, we were both um, Christians, believers. Um, It's funny, I can laugh when I say that now, because even though I was doing what appeared to be the right things, I really hadn't cultivated the rela- a relationship with God, at least not how I have a relationship with him now. And I, and I pray that daily it will grow stronger. I will go grow closer to him, I, that I will remain hungry for his word and his touch on my life and his breath, him breathing on everything my hands touch and just needing him to multiply everything in my life. But um, anyway, so I had this friend and um, she was married. She had a daughter. She's about 12 years older than me. And I was actually married at the time. Got married really young, had my children young and got divorced before I was 30. Um, But anyway, she was married and um, her and her husband were getting a divorce. (laughs) Well, again, I was newly married with, uh, I believe I had my daughter at the time and might've been pregnant with my son. And so she was getting a divorce. And of course, I thought I was being her friend. I was her friend. I loved her. But I started giving her the church lingo and the preaching and all these other things of God's word, his will, and just, and not that those things were wrong, but in that moment, she did not need for me to preach to her. She needed a friend. And I actually ended up being one of those church people, church goers that I really, really disliked growing up. And I was judging my friend and I really didn't mean to. And so she said, listen, I need a friend. I like, I'm not asking you to say something that's say something is right. If it's wrong, she says, I'm just, I need a friend. Like my marriage is falling apart. I'm getting divorced. My life is changing and you're judging me. And I kept saying, I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. But then God showed me myself one, one, one morning, actually it was between like two 30 and three o'clock in the morning. And man, my heart just grieved because I thought like, I never intended to do this to my friends. And I hurt her. I mean, like literally I was in tears crying and I remember being before the Lord and just begging him to, um, touch her heart to first forgive me. And then second to give me the words, give me the words God to say to her so that not only does she know I'm not judging her, but that she sees your love through me. And that moment changed my life. It it just changed me in, in such a way. And, um, so I was there, um, in front of my computer and I said, Lord, please, I begged him, please just give me the words to say to her. Give me the words to say to her. And I want to, and I, and I had decided that I wanted to send her an email. I had a work email address and I said, I want to send her an email that when she gets into the office this morning, she'll have this message, this word that she knows is directly from you, Lord God, but that she knows that you love her, that she knows that I love her, that I'm here for her. And so God gave me a word and I ended the the email purposefully full of sorrow in my heart but I ended the email saying in his love and by his direction and so um I sent her that email sent her a few more and she responded eventually and said thank you 
I appreciate, you know, the kindness of your words. And like clockwork, every morning, God would get me up and he would give me a word to give to her. Over and over again, week after week, I would have a word and I would send that to her inbox and her email at work. And one day she said, um, hey, I'm forwarding your emails to several of my coworkers. Can you please just add them? Like carbon copy them, CC them um, on the email. And um, I was like, well, I didn't really set this up or go to God to do this for other people. I'm just wanting to be there for you as a friend. And she said, right, but I'm sharing it and it'll just be easier if you share it. And so God dealt with me because in that moment, I realized I had fear because I felt like, um, I knew the Lord was telling me that this was something I needed to do, which to encourage others. Long story short, um, the, in his love and by his direction turned into at that time, blogs didn't exist. And I won't tell you how old I am now because I'm dating myself anyway, telling you that blogs didn't exist at that time. Um, so the next thing I knew, I, I was getting, her friends at work saying, Hey, can you include this friend? And can you include that friend? And can you include this? And can you include that? And this person and that person and this person and that person. And then I got scared and I stopped. (laughs) No lie, guys. I stopped sending the email out of pure fear. The thing that was crazy though, is that the word of God didn't stop coming. I couldn't even sleep. I tried to lay in bed and just pretend like I didn't hear God. (laughs) Have you ever tried that? Don't work real well, does it? Well, I went on and on and on. And finally, I got back into the email. And at that point, there are a couple hundred people on the email. People were forwarding it, copying it, sending it to other people. I quit several different times and um, just out of pure fear. And now, even though it seems like me sharing that story was going down a rabbit hole, I now understand why God um, had me to go ahead and, and share um, share that. And it wasn't just a shameless plug about my um my apparel and my what what I offer online it was because this message is you're it you're it so sometimes we go through things in life and we feel like we've done too much we've seen too much or maybe we procrastinated too long or maybe there are things we should have done that we didn't do and we feel like well man God is not going to give me another chance but I have to tell you the God's will will go forth. I will tell you how how difficult I made this particular thing, that particular thing for myself, because I said, God, I don't, I'm not, Lord, I don't know what you, I literally said to God, I don't know what you're doing, as if like I needed to know. I said, God, I don't know what you're doing. Like this isn't, I'm not that person. Like I'm not meant to write and just tell people things. And, you know, I I appreciate you answering my prayer to bless my friend, but like, you're like, this is crazy. Like, what are you doing? And, um, and so I said, so I said in my spirit to God, because, you know, I was like, I'm not even going to say it out loud because I only want God to know. And he's the only one who can hear my thoughts and know my heart. And I said, Lord, if this is you, I I need you to just tell me like, like, you know, what's my purpose? And like, cause I, I, I remember being in a situation where I felt like I'm in this horrible place in my own life. How am I, how are you using me? And I remember just crying, particularly in that season, crying in the closet, in our master bedroom, again, still married at the time, just in a miserable place and crying and just saying, God, I need you to tell me what my purpose is. Now, mind you, he had been waking me up, giving me a word to give to my friend, but I still needed him to confirm like, Lord, what's your purpose for me? I was so lost. I didn't, I I was so underneath condemnation that I, I couldn't receive that God could use me. And so I said, Lord, you, you, I just need you to tell me what my purpose is. I feel like there's more to life for me than what, you know, where I am in this situation. I kid you guys not. I get to work the very next morning. This young girl who is younger than me literally comes in. There were these double doors and that led into the corridor area where my desk was. And she literally slung the doors open. Like they banged the wall. She walked into me. And mind you, this girl and I had never discussed God. We had never um, talked about it. Of course, she knew I was a Christian, but we didn't talk like I just wasn't in that place yet. 
And she said, if you have ever wondered what your purpose in life is, your purpose is to encourage others. And I stood there and looked at her like she was crazy. And she walked away. And so my insecurities and the condemnation the enemy was using to attack me or to make me feel like I was less than and lacking, I said, ah, that wasn't God because she's not a Christian. (laughs) She doesn't go to church. Quickly did I learn that you don't get to judge who God sends his word through. He used whomever he chooses. So anyways, I'm going to get to our scripture today. Um, So the study has started in Genesis. And we have gone through Genesis in this study of when I fell in love with her and talking about who we are as women, our importance in life and how we were not an afterthought to God. We were actually the thing that completed creation. Literally, we were the thing that completed creation. God had created with his words, the, 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 the earth, the sun. He told the sea to give up what it had. He told the ground to give up what seed he had placed inside of it. And it just, everything he spoke, it came forth. And then he touched man. He reached down and formed man with his hands. And then after he put the, the animals before Adam, he says, there's no suitable mate for him. No suitable mate at all. And so we put him into a deep sleep and he made woman, woman, woman. And so he did that. And then Adam says, this is not bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. I shall call her woman because she came from man. And so I remember growing up and, and, and the falseness that was on us being an afterthought or us being um, not as important um, because later on in Genesis, when he said, because uh, Eve had made the decision she made that he would make her be submitted to her husband, like she would have to, her desire would be for him and he would rule over her. And it's been such a negative twist put on womanhood but I'm here to tell you today that God adores you he adores us as women we are truly the apple of his eye he adores us so much that he he made man a covering for us a covering he made him a covering so there's God then there's man and then there's us so not only do we have God's covering but we have the covering of Man, For those of us who may not be married, it's our fathers or maybe our our spiritual covering as far as our leadership. For those of us who have husbands, our husbands are covering. That's a safe place to be. Do not resent that. Do not look at it as if you're not valuable because you had to be valuable because if you were not it, The enemy would never approach Eve to convince her that she was lacking something. And that's getting to the real point of the message today. You lack nothing in Jesus Christ. You lack nothing at all. You see, the reality was, is that Eve was the key to it all. She was the key to it all because she was the one that God gave the seed to. Man had the seed, but when the man's seed gets together with the woman's egg, that creates, creates. Woman is the portal to which all souls, all life form, human life form enters this realm of life. He knew that if he could convince her that she was lacking something, that he could trick her into making the worst decision of her life. But the thing I love so much about God is that he loves us so very much that even though we deserve separation from him, he was not willing to be separated from us. He wasn't. So I want to go with you now to uh, Genesis chapter four. So he said to God did say to Eve in verse 16, actually, let me go back a little bit. I want to go to verse 15. Because before God gave the woman her punishment, he still served as her protector and her defender. Even though she had separated herself from him, she was his and he wanted the enemy to know it. So he addressed the enemy and he said to him in verse 15, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed and he shall bruise your head. And you shall bruise his heel. 
Now, that might sound like great punishment, but I need you to pay attention to the fact that he let the he, he cursed the enemy. He put him. He said, "You'll eat of dust. You'll always crawl around on your belly." He said, "We would bruise his head." He might bruise our heel, but it's not because he has the upper hand. Our heel is bruised because we're stumping on him. We're crushing him. We still have dominion over him. And the beautiful thing is, is that he not only set protection for her, he said between you and the woman, but between her seed and your seed. God wanted me to tell you today that the thing that he has given to you, that seed that he's given to you, It is still viable, it shall still live, and the enemy has no power to take it from you. So he did go into verse 16 and he said to the woman, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your your conception in pain. You shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. He said, you're going to have great pain when you birth this seed, but she's still birthing the seed. We're still birthing our seeds. He went on and spoke to Adam. And he told him what his punishment would be. The beautiful thing I love about chapter four, though, is that it says Adam knew his wife and she had Cain. He knew her again and she had Abel. Now, I know you're thinking, hey, don't you know what happened with Cain and Abel? God's got a word for that situation, too. You see, sometimes we come into a place with God or we come into a place in our lives and we feel like, hey, we've achieved this thing. So now we've gotten over the hump of our past, our mistakes, and we're smooth sailing. But then something else happens and we're tempted to give up and quit. But the word God wants me to tell you over and over again, you still have seed. You still have viable life-giving seed inside of you. He just needs you to endure the pain of the process to see it birth. Because later in verse 25 of chapter four, it reads as follows. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For God has appointed another seed. My God. Oh, hallelujah. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. Her very own son killed her other son. This word right here is for those of you who brought about the destruction of your seed yourself or something that you chose to birth or allow to be birthed into your life killed that seed that God has set there for you, for you to just multiply to to, for you to just function in so that he can multiply it but God wants you to know that he's a God of another chance and that you're it that the calling that he has on your life hasn't changed that the appointments he's set for you haven't changed the only thing that has changed is your perspective and your ability or your choice to either operate in faith or to operate in fear Today, I'm here to encourage you to believe the word of God, because again, he has another seed for you. Before I go, I want to pray with you. And I want you in this next week between now and the time you listen to this podcast again, I want you to go before the Lord and I want you to ask him what your seed is. For some of us, for the majority of us, All of us. It's something you already have in your hand. It's something you're good at. It's something that you love. It's also something that you can get paid to do. There's nothing wrong with getting paid to do the thing you love. It's your gift. It's your calling. Operate in it. Now, I'm not talking about manipulating people and using your gifts to to falsely mislead people. We're talking about the pure guidance of God and allowing the Holy Ghost to just stir up the gift inside of you. Because even if your gift is baking and you open a bakery, 
people who come into your your bakery, they're going to feel the Holy Spirit that resonates on the inside of you. They'll keep coming because they think it's just because your food's good. But they're going to come because their soul is being fed also. And you'll draw people that way. Maybe it's just, it'll be just like our sponsor, Leonard Hayes, who, who, who details people's cars. But when he's done, he's not only cleaned up the inside and the outside of your car, which God does for us, but he's also prayed over your car. He's also just asked the Lord to bless you and allowed the Lord to use him in that exchange while he's cleaning your car. There is something that God has given to you and women of God, I want to encourage you to use it today. So, Father God, we come before you now just thanking you. We praise you, we magnify you, and we adore you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We thank you for just being our God. We thank you for being the God of another chance, for giving us seed after seed after seed. Because the thing you know about woman is that if you give her seed, she'll birth it. Lord, we, we are saying to you, show us what our seed is or give us a new seed Lord God so that we can birth out the things that you have deep on the inside of us it is our desire to do your will and above all things we believe you we believe that you exist we believe that you are rewarder of those who diligently diligently seek you and so we seek you full of faith in our hearts waiting expectantly for you to bless us and for you to breathe on every single thing that you've assigned our hands to touch lord we love you we praise you and we give you glory in jesus name amen now until next time know that i am praying for you and i i am indeed she who believes thank you for listening and we'll see you next time